Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you for praying. My shoulder's not tore. Thank the Lord. I really believe that the Lord touched my body. I really believe that. You say, well, how do you know? Well, I had been asking him before, please, God, don't let it be tore. I ain't got time for no surgeries. And the Lord, I believe, answered that prayer. And uh, it's all going to be treated. And that's one of the benefits of having a son-in-law that's a physical therapist. He can work on me and help me. It's just he, He's pretty stubborn. He pushes me hard. But I, I'm thankful that he can help me and get, get my arm back like it needs to be. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after received for an inheritance, obeyed and went out. Here's I, This verse right here just rattles my, my emotions. He said, not knowing whether he went. By faith. He sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Another verse where we're going to launch from too. You'll have it ready for me, Brother Ron. I'm going to pull from it. Is John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails. And thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were with him. Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut. Stood in the midst and said peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas. Reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand. Thrust it to my side and be not faithless but believing Thomas answered and said unto him my Lord and my God Jesus said unto him Thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed but blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed I want to preach today the blessing before the promise the blessing before the promise. If you will, just lift your hands one more time and just ask God to talk to us today. God, I ask you to speak to our heart. God, let it not just be man's words, but let it be the word of God that can change and transform, that can stir faith in all of our hearts, God, in an hour when now, if there's ever a time we need our faith challenged and stirred, I'm asking you now, stir that faith and stir that challenge God, I ask you today in the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. A lot has been said about faith. A lot has been preached and, and talked about uh, in, in the 
dimension or the topic of the faith. And in no wise am I here today to, to give you a deep uh, theological uh, understanding of faith. I'm going to give it to you just in a, a real simplistic form. It's the one ingredient that the Bible says every man has got to measure up. It's an ingredient that every man has regardless of who you are, where you come from, what your last name is, how much money you got in the bank. It's the one thing I, I like applying the scripture to when God says he has no respect of persons. When it comes to faith, God doesn't look at so much as how much you got. He just looks as do you have the faith you need. Which for me, that takes pressure off of myself of I've got to be able to get good or I've got to get better. Yes, I should strive to please God with every fiber in my body. And that should be the, the, the prerogative of you and I together. But yet when I seem like everything else is falling short, you need to remember something. Every man's got a measure of faith. And if I can take the measure God gave me and apply it even though I don't understand what I'm applying it for and to, but just say, God, I believe regardless of whether I got all the evidence and the facts I need. Faith says, I believe regardless. Faith looks at the obstacle you face. And says, I don't need a mathematical formula of how the mountain's going to be moved. I just know God's for me. I just know by faith, He ain't never left me and He ain't never forsaken me. I'm giving you a little Cajun twang to it and say, He ain't. Let somebody say it from your own mouth. God ain't never left me. And God ain't never forsaken me. And God ain't never dropped me. And if I got enough faith to believe, if God put me in the mess, then God's got strength enough to bring me out of it. I just can't lose my faith. And everything in this hour is vying for faith. Because it wants you to put your faith in the instruments of man. Put your faith in the confidence of man or your faith in... Folks, if you and I are not living in a day, my confidence, I thank God for our health professionals, but my confidence ain't in them. Oh, I wish I had a couple more amens in that. I thank God for our leaders, but my confidence ain't upon the shoulders of some politician or some my faith is in a God that created that doctor that created in that leader that created that institution and at any given moment God's ready to step into the world of man and say I'm not confined by man's knowledge I created them I gave them this thank God for it our trouble and the battle is our faith wants to rest in what man can do. Come on, folks. How was it when we were growing up? Boy, if we could have the team stacked, we knew we'd win. Growing up, I always wanted the biggest guy on my side. 
If I'm going into a fight, I always want to make sure I had good backup and good big fellows. Why? Because my confidence wasn't in myself. My confidence is, was in my backup being able to pull me. And folks, we've made too much backup in war, in the world and in our, in, 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 in. And God's saying, you ain't seen your promise yet, but there's a blessing in the in-between till you get to the place of promise. There's a blessing of holding faith when you can't see God moving and you can't see God giving you victory and you can't see the situation changing. There's a victory. But the struggle and the battle we face today is holding faith. When everything is pulling and telling me, oh, there's no way God's going to give me. See, the thing about Abraham was, and I didn't read it, it's Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 1 through about 4. When God called Abraham, he just said, I'm going to give you a promise. Kind of like you and I. I'm going to give you a promise. Here's the promise of God. I want to heal your body. I want to give you peace that passeth all understanding. That's the promises of God. But the struggle many times is I know what the promises are. But I want a little proof that God, you're going to do it. We make it spiritual when we say, I need a confirmation. Come on, folks, I said it myself. God, I could use a little confirmation that you're moving in my direction. I could use a little spiritual assurance that, God, you're going to work in my life. And here's what God told told little Thomas in the very beginning. He said, but blessed is the man that can walk without seeing nothing. Blessed is the man that can walk for God and live for God with no guarantee. Come on, folks, we're living in the day of a sure deal. And God's saying, I'm not giving you a guarantee. I need to know, is there a group of people that'll walk in faith and say, God's for me. God's going to help me. And I'm not going to turn loose of my promise now. I'm not going to let go. What God said is mine. Everything in me comes against my mind, Brother Mark and tell trying to say uh, ask God the Bible says for an evil and wicked generation seeketh after a sign it seeks after something from God to let me know but see and that's good I don't think that makes us a devil I don't think that makes us uh, less than a, a child of God but there's a blessing that God kind of interjects in the story of John and it, it, it conjoins with what happened to Abraham he said can you just move with no evidence can you live for me with no guarantee that heaven's real can you live for me if there's no guarantee that hell is real I ain't never had nobody come back from hell and say it's real. And I ain't never had nobody come from heaven and say it's real. 
But something in my faith, when I read the word of God, says that there's some place that when the last breath is taken out of my body, there's a real place called heaven. And there's a real place called Sheol or hell. But you and I need to understand, God never intended for hell to be for you and I. He intended for you and I to be with him on streets of gold. And the enemy understands, if I can rob them of their faith and make them believe it's not real, I can... Whether I feel good or not, I'm still going to praise him. Whether I feel the Holy Ghost or not, I'm going to thank him. Why? Because it's a demonstration of my faith until the promise is fulfilled. I wish. Oh, it helps so much. If somebody could come back from heaven and just tell me it's real. I bet you if we had some, we would sell more tickets. Advertise it everywhere. We got somebody that's really been to heaven. Brother Daryl, we would definitely have that creepy three-car garage in no time. We'd have a, a standing line of people. Wanting to hear the experience of it being real. Many times living for God, He wants you to live for Him just with the measure of faith you've got, with no guarantees. Abraham got called out with no guarantee. All he had was God saying, I'm going to give you this land for all of your kids. Now watch this. Abe ain't got no kids. And Sarah ain't exactly at the age of childbirth. Abe's 75 at this point. That'd be like y'all having another kid. 75. I don't want no more brothers and sisters. You've reached the body. It's impossible. Your mind couldn't handle it. Your strength couldn't handle it. God likes looking at impossibilities and looking at you and I saying, can you believe me? Can I give you a word in the midst of impossibility? That's what he's saying here today because you're looking at situations in your family and it's saying it's impossible. You're looking at situations with a spouse and saying it's impossible. You're looking at situations with a son and a daughter that are so locked down and bound by sin saying it's impossible. And I'm telling you there's a word from God telling you today there's a blessing in the process. If you and I can keep our faith to just hang on, that promise is going to come to pass. There's a blessing in not having no evidence and just lifting my hands and saying God, God, I believe you without evidence. I believe you without ever seeing it. I believe you without even seeing them move. Oh, how much easier would it be before you came to service today? Watch. If whoever it is and whatever it is, the what or the who, you fill in the blank. You got a phone call right before service. And they said, let's use it as the who. They said, you know what? I've been wanting to go to church with you. That backslidden son, daughter, family, whoever. I've been wanting to go to church. And you got a little bit of evidence. 
after you ain't had nothing in 20 years, 15 years, five years, how would you and I come into the house of God? We'd have come in. Woo! And there's a blessing in that. God, thank you. But the real blessing. The word blessing, you know what it means? It means favor from God. Another translation says happy. You know what you want to know where true happiness is? Is when you and I can believe God by faith with no evidence. Oh man, that don't make any sense. I gotta think about it. I gotta go buy a new car to get happy. I gotta go buy a new house to get happy. I got to go buy a new outfit to get happy. And we reach to the things of the flesh to try to make us happy. When God says, if you want to really be happy, you got to get a promise from me. And when you get the promise, the blessing and happiness comes in the waiting until the manifestation of that promise. The greatest place you and I could ever be is in the waiting. But everything in our mind says, you are crazy. You know why? Because impatience kicks in. Oh God, it's getting pressured. Man, if if I get one more phone call from my grandson or my granddaughter of the craziness that they're doing, and you and I feel the pressure, and we're saying, God, I need you to do. I need you to give me a sign. God's saying, Uh, uh. Listen to me. I'm looking for people in the earth that isn't relegated by what they see, but they're relegated by what they know. I can see. That's why you and I can look at the world scene, the global scene, our country scene, our state scene. It don't matter what comes before you. My eyes are not fixed on that. My eyes are fixed on a heavenly kingdom. My eyes and faith is fixed on the things that are above. And that's how you and I can find a blessing that goes beyond the tangible. The word happy comes from a Latin word which means hap. You fill in the blanks. If nothing ain't happening, I'm not happy. And God says, nothing needs to happen for you to be happy. I don't need nothing to happen to make me happy. I don't need an achievement. I don't need a special something. Pat on the back saying, good job. What I need is, is to understand my faith is strong enough to bring me through whatever I may face. You've got faith. The question is, what are we putting it in? Every man's got the measure. Am I putting it on this? A man working it. Or am I putting it in an element of God that says, God, everything around me says, this is impossible. Faith rises above that, Brother Smith. And says, see, Abraham got called out, got a promise. At 75 and says, I'm going to bless your seed with no kids. There was nothing. The difference with Abraham and Thomas, Abraham didn't ask for the sign. He wavered in his faith, but he accepted it for face value for what God said. He struggled with it didn't make sense, but yet he had enough faith in a God that he had never seen. I used the analogy earlier about somebody coming from heaven. Let's take it even a step further. If Jesus in the flesh showed up, 
you'd have more followers. Well, even he didn't have 100%, but there would be a lot more. We're 2,000 years removed. And Jesus in the flesh ain't here, but Jesus in spirit is. And our struggle and what Jesus was trying to show Thomas is there's coming a day down the road. I'm not going to be here in the flesh. There's coming a day down the road. You're not going to have evidence that heaven is real. You're not going to have evidence of all of these things. Can you trust me in faith? Can you believe for something you have no proof to? You know... I've told this story before, but it bears being told again. When God called me to San Francisco, and God said, okay, it's time to go. We went with no guarantee of a job, Brother Salmon. Loaded everything up in a Penske truck, and I didn't have no job. Church was too small to support us. They gave us a little bit, but it sure wasn't enough. Put it to you like this. There wasn't no ribeyes and briskets. It was more like a bag of beans in a crock pot. There wasn't even no tasso. He said, will you go? See, God's looking to know, can we move in a dimension we've never moved in before? Well, wait, wait, wait. I got to have it all figured out. I, I, need a, I need to have it all worked out that when I get there, and I was kind of, I mean, rightfully so, on the head of the house, I got to make sure my family's provided for, and I get there, and we struggle. Ain't nothing moving. Did I miss it? No. God just wanted to know, can I let go of what I put my confidence in? Can I let go of the assurity and walk by faith in a calling that I don't understand? You say, well, you're a preacher. That's how those stories go for you. They don't fit for me. I ain't no preacher. No, but God's calling people to walk in an arena of faith that we've never seen before. We're walking in a place that we've never walked in before. And God's asking for exponential faith to walk in an exponential dimension and to walk in arenas that we've never walked in before. And if we hang on to the way we've always done it, we're going to struggle in our faith. But if we open up and let God take us, He already gave us the measure of faith. God expound on that faith. How does that expound? I'll give you scripture for it. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing other word of God if I can hear the word of God that faith in me is going to begin to grow and when I face my valley tomorrow and I face my mountain next week I can look at it with faith and say God I don't need a sign I know you're leading me and directing me to where I need to go but the struggle is I want a guaranteed firmly believe that God is going to move people in this end time hour to a faith that says I'm taking the limits off I believe God's going to do that in business owners he's already doing it right now taking the limits off see he ain't got the promise yet I'm pointing to him because I know what's going on 
He ain't got the promise yet. He ain't got the fulfillment of yet. How many prophecies have gone into this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to pan out. But in between then, between the actual fulfillment of it and getting there, God's trying to tell you and I, I want you to walk without one sign. Can you receive this? It's a dimension of blessing. You don't get it on Sunday night. You don't get it on Sunday morning. You get it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. When you get up in the morning and you look at what you got to do for that day and what God's asking you to do and you don't feel like doing it, you kind of like Abraham. God's saying, move. I don't see Abraham going back saying, God, I need a full line out plan. I need you to come and, and I need you to give me my daytimer. Some of, some of them don't even know what daytimers are. Back in the day, there was daytimers. It was the way we structure. I want you to line out my calendar and tell me everything, God, you're going to do in the next few days. And God's saying in this hour, I'm not going to give it to you on a calendar. I'm not, a, I'm not against organization. I'm not against order. Anybody under, that hears me preach, I preach order very, very strongly. But there comes an element that once I've prepared, once I've had order, once I've done everything I need to do, I don't want to be like Thomas saying, I'm not going to believe until I see it. I want to be on the other end of it saying I ain't never seen it but I know God can do it I ain't never seen a, a method I've never seen nobody delivered a methamphetamine but I'm going to believe God can do it I've never seen some I've never seen a hard hearted individual just run to an altar I've never seen an altar full of all kind of drug paraphernalia. I've never seen an altar full of everything ungodly of people laying it down at an altar. But that don't mean I'm going to stop believing. Nor am I going to ask God. God, I need you. I'm not going to believe it can be until I've seen it. I'm going to be on the front end of that coin. And I'm going to say, God, I see that altar full representing wheelchairs placed over there. And canes placed over there. And walkers placed over there. Why? You say, well, Benoit, you're out your mind. There ain't nothing up there but a bunch of carpet. You see, I'm seeing things. And God's trying to challenge you and I. Can you believe him for it when you can't see it? Can you see that promotion on that job? When you ain't got no evidence you're ever going to get it And your neighbor ends up getting it before you I'm going to believe God's for me Regardless It's because I can't see it Abraham didn't ask for a counsel Abraham didn't argue with God Abraham just said If that's where you're taking me Then I'm ready to go And Hebrews said it so well Hebrews that verse, the very first verse I read, Brother Ron, if you can remember, when he said, not knowing where he was going. Ain't nothing more frustrating than to not know where you're going. Come on, three people, just give me an amen. Ain't nothing more frustrating to be lost in a big old city and my GPS and series broke. And I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what exit to take. And you're frustrated. And God said, you need to understand something. I've got faith put in you. That's going to navigate you wherever you need to go. And what you don't need to do, that faith is going to prompt you at the right time to make the right decision. He didn't know where he's going. He just heard a call. Kind of like us in San Francisco. I didn't know where I was going. But I heard.
heard the call. And I was willing to let go of everything. In my case, it wasn't much. (laughs) It ain't hard to go from the bottom up. (laughs) It's hard to be rich and go down. Come on, somebody. It's hard to have made money one day. I'll preach to you. It been, it's hard when we had money one day, huh? And we had that plane and we had that boat and everything was moving great. And then the bottom falls out because you decide to start being faithful. Thanks, Dad. It's hard when these things got a hold of your mind and your spirit. Folks, I'm this is what we battle in this hour. It's trying to attain when God's saying, just let it come to you and don't you push for it. Just let it come to you and then I know I can trust you to move in what Abraham was a wealthy man but yet was willing to say, God, just take me wherever you want to go. You can have both. The difference is just be willing to go wherever he wants you to go. And let faith move you to that next place. Go to Thomas. This story. I'm not going to say it's perplexed me. But it's concerned me. Here is Thomas. John 20, 24. Thomas, one of the twelve. That's walked with Jesus, Brother Daryl. Here's what it says from the very beginning of the lesson. Nobody's exempt. It doesn't matter how long you've lived for God or how less you've lived for God. We're all going to face the same challenge that Thomas had. See how God always makes the playing field equal. Whether you've lived for God for a year or you've lived for God for a hundred years. God makes the playing field equal. In his word. And here's Thomas. I go back. Back, back. To where I started. When he shows up. He says. Jesus showed up. To his disciples. Thomas one of the twelve. But if you don't catch this part. You'll miss it. Thomas wasn't in the original show. He wasn't there brother Aaron. Jesus showed up to the disciples. First, and Thomas wasn't there in the 12. Thomas wasn't in the original place. John chapter 20 and verse, don't go to it, but I want to start at 24. But in verses 20 and 21, Jesus shows up to his disciples and Thomas is not there. Now watch this. In those verses of 20 and 21, Don't go there, stay there. 20 and 21, God shows up. Jesus shows up to the 12 or the 11. Thomas is absent. Okay? And watch what Jesus says. Jesus shows up and here's what he says, Brother Charlie. Look at my hands. Look at my side. Jesus volunteered the information without them asking. Thomas is not there, but Thomas is over yonder and starts popping off, saying, I will not believe. The disciples give the report. We found it's, he's right, it's right. 
here's what kind of in my mind troubles me. Jesus was so willing to volunteer the information to the boys that didn't ask. This is helping me. I know we got to ask for you have not because you ask not. I got that. That's prayer. But these boys didn't ask for a sign. They just believed it's him. But when it comes to Thomas, they run back and say, this is it, this is it. Thomas, next verse, says, he went with them. The other disciples, we've seen the Lord. He said, except. It's almost, Brother Wade, it's almost like he says it with such an adamancy. I'm not going to go into the affirmatives and all this stuff in the original Greek, but what he's saying is, except I see it. There was a vehementness. Does it mean he was a devil? It means he was frustrated and upset because God didn't let everything play out. Like he wanted. How many times have we found ourselves in a position with God? Why did God take her? Why don't God do this? Why hasn't God? Why? 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 I'm preaching to this whole church this morning. I don't need to get specific. Every why is over the head of everyone. Why? 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 Why did you have to lose it all? Why did you have to lose your business? We think the blessing is in the shout. And yes, there is. We think the blessing is when we get a phone call from Publisher Clearinghouse and we just want a million. And maybe that's a blessing. Maybe. Whatever it is, you ask God for and God didn't do it. You're Thomas today. That doesn't mean you're a devil. Don't let the enemy make you believe you're human and you're needing something in your heart to just make faith come alive again. God, I want to believe again, but I'm struggling today. Maybe it's just for a few or maybe it's for many. I struggle in the wild. I think old Thomas just let his cards on the table, Tristan. He just threw everything out to the other 11 and said, I don't care what all y'all are doing. I don't care how 
What I went through was too great. You go read John 11. He was a courageous man. You go read John 19. Thomas was a spiritual man. A brute in scripture. He wasn't a devil. He wasn't as we call doubting Thomas. He wasn't a doubter. He was an unbeliever at a moment. There's a difference between doubt and unbelief. Thomas was at a place of just flat out. I will not believe no more. Something had happened that Thomas had said. Brother Darrell, I can't go no further. And my heart today feels for somebody in this building, your heart is said. I just don't want to go no more. Hear me. It's okay. God has got a blessing for you because you have not seen the promise yet. He said, unless I see the hands, the print and the nails. You know, Dad, well, I'm glad you're sitting up here. You need to stay right there. I remember. I remember that story. Everybody okay today? What time is it? Okay, I got about nine minutes. Can y'all hang on for nine more minutes? I remember when things didn't make sense. And old brother Marvin was at the church. And we were feeling the things. Angels were showing up. Michael the archangel showed up at the church. For those of y'all don't believe in them, they, they done showed up. People seen them. They're real. We're having a move of God. And in the midst of that move of God, God speaks to him and says, I want you to give that man of God this amount of money. He looked at her and said, I ain't got no money. I ain't got that kind of money. See, if in those moments, see, this is how God speaks to our heart. What's God telling us to do that we're trying to figure it out? What action is God calling us to do? It ain't this. I'm not looking for your money today. I'm looking for a response by faith that don't make a lick of sense. For some, it could be just moving off that back row to the front row. For some, it could be moving from that spot to that spot. For some, it could be raising of a hand. For some, it could be just coming to an altar when it's unsolicited saying, God, I got to find you in this hour. have a plan, you just responded. Unbelief tries to rob us of one of the greatest blessings I believe the word of God offers us, Brother Smith. And the reason we're robbed of it is because God didn't do what we thought he should. And it makes it so hard for us to receive a promise again. And God comes today and says, here's your promise. Thus saith the Lord, this is what's going to happen. But yet I'm still trying to reel in the 300 promises I got that I ain't seen God do it yet. And God's saying, in this hour, there's a blessing in that waiting area that is going to bring you to the promise like you've never experienced. Until I thrust strange words 
He didn't say, until I see. He said, until I thrust. Speaks of his anger, Brother Langley. Thomas was angry because nothing worked out like he wanted. And you and I need to be careful when God don't do and work out like we want. We want to become angry and frustrated and upset. When really God was just positioning us for a blessing that we never would have saw otherwise. Next verse. I'm closing. Musicians, y'all come. And after eight days, so significant, eight speaks of supernatural action. Anytime the word eight is used, it speaks of That's why in the Jews, they had to be circumcised on the eighth day. The eighth day of circumcision speaks of a supernatural work in the Old Testament. When they were circumcised, Brother Larry, on the eighth day, God chose that day specifically. David was the eighth. Anytime you see the number eight, it speaks of supernatural involvement. We're in the closing hour. Proverbially, an eighth hour closing. You need to be encouraged because there's supernatural help coming out of the heavens in this hour like we've never seen before. God didn't throw Thomas to the curb. God didn't kick him and say, you little unbelieving Jew. God looked at Thomas and on the eighth day after Thomas with him, Jesus came in, the door shut, stood in the midst, said, peace be unto you. Next verse. Said, Thomas, I'm going to go where you are. Broken faith. Come on somebody, I'm closing. God's going where you are. Broken faith. And he's saying, you may believe that I'm far from you. You may not even see that I'm working in your half. But I tell you what I'm going to do. When you can't lift your hands and even see it, I'm going to grab your hand and I'm going to put it in my side. I'm going to show you it's real, Thomas. You might have missed the blessing today, but learn the lesson. Blessed is he that believes when he can't see. Take the step of faith. Believe him that he can carry you. Quit trying to maintain control. All this is about, he's trying to get us to a place not of confusion and out of control, but yet out of control in God. What do you mean? Unless you help me. If you don't heal my mind, God, if you don't heal my family, folks, this is the cry of many today. God dropped in my spirit just a word for you today. There's a blessing before the promise ever comes. You don't have to wait for that day when the promise comes and we're going to shout all over the place together. Yeah. But Brother Fargo, there's a blessing today that if I could just pick up the pieces of my faith say, Sister Liz, this is all I got. God didn't fail. He just worked in a venue that I never thought he would. He said, come here, Thomas. 
is his words. Thrust. Watch this one. I'm going to shock some of you right now. Y'all still with me? He used the same words as Thomas. Here's what God said. It's okay to be angry at me. Oh God, I just defied all y'all's theology. You forget. I'm not saying disrespect and curse God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can go to God and say, God, I'm angry. I don't understand. God, I've been faithful. I don't know why. You've allowed it. Just at the close of it, you need to let it be said. Next verse. And Thomas answered and said, Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Sorry, God, I got so angry. What was I thinking? You never meant it for my heart. You meant it for my good. I just couldn't see what the other 11 saw. There's a blessing. Folks, there's dimensions of faith we have not tapped yet. We think we got it in the bag as apostolics. Well, I got Jesus' name baptism. And yes, it's essential for salvation. A man's got to repent. A man's got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And and as an evidence of that, you speak another tongue. I can teach you a Bible study afterwards. Baptism in Jesus' name. But after that. There's dimensions of faith God's trying to take the church to that you and I and we're living with broken homes and broken families and broken faith and God says there's a blessing before I put you back together. I want it now. I want you to put it together now. I want you to fix my family now. I want the promise now. And God says if I do, you miss a dimension of my favor. what he tells Thomas Malachi Thomas gets the revelation again he goes back to it have we not one father hath not one God created here's what uh, Thomas saw he went back to the one God revelation 
There's not a father, there's not a son, there's one. The same God that created it was that God in flesh. He said, my Lord and my God. Thanks for it. Go back to John. Go to John. John. And here's what he tells him. Listen. If you and I understand what God is after, is to empower you to succeed. Now, I'm not trying to preach some business initiative here. This is how we all going to succeed. That's not what I'm after. What I'm after is for you and I to understand. When he walked in, Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me and thou hast believed, blessed are they that have seen and not What he just told Thomas was, I'm reaching back to the old. You did, so now I am. I'm ready to empower you in an area. You were weak because you had to see. But that's going to change from this day forward. I don't know about you and I. Or about you. I know me. God, I need you today. More than I've ever need you in my faith today. And there's a blessing for those that have not seen. God, I haven't seen what, I, what you have for me yet. But I believe today. Without seeing it, I lift my hands, I lift my voice. Is there anybody here that would be willing to step out of that pew? Husband and wife, that's how much of us are here today. But if you're alone, don't let that stop you. That is, you're willing to step out of that pew and walk down to this front and say, God, I don't know what in the world's going on. But I tell you what, I want that blessing of not seeing, but knowing you're working in my life. Come on, who believes God's working? We sing about it many times on Sunday night. God, you're working even when I can't see you working. God's working on that mama. God's working on that daddy. God's working in this family member. God's working in our church. I don't need the sign. I want just the blessing of believing right now. Come on, come. Come, when you make your way to the front, just lift your hands. Grab the hand to that spouse right now as families today. And just believe right now. Let's believe right now. Let's believe right now.